you would like to look with us in the book of Ephesians. I don't know how you feel. I, I hope you're not wearied with this. What a what a first chapter, and I know you know the chapter divisions weren't there to start with, but what a word that Paul gives of where our salvation came from. And in chapter number two, I believe we'll just read maybe two or three verses and try to think on this. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, where in times past we walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of dis- disobedience, among whom also we, had, we all had our conversation in the times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. So as we said before in looking in chapter 1, I believe, I'm, I'm going to go back and you see if you don't think that this would flow together. So Paul is praying for the people that they might be enlightened, they might have an understanding. There would be an understanding of where we were. And verse 19, and what is the exceeding greatness? He's wanting them to come to this understanding. What is the exceeding greatness of His power to usward or in us who believe? According to, so in, in line with, in accordance with, depending upon, in likeness of the power, the mighty power, which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and set Him at His own right hand in heavenly places. So let's just just think about how that you and I, Paul is desiring that we might have an understanding of how we were brought into the family of God. It was by that power of God, according to and likening to the power of God that raised Jesus from the dead. And you have He quickened. Not only did He raise Jesus from the dead, and you have He quickened. You that were dead. You that were dead in trespasses and sin. He raised you. Here's something to think on. And a lot of folks might not want to think on it. But you know, according to what Paul says in chapter 1, we are His body. When the head was raised, now think with me, Christ is the head of the church, right? When the head was raised, the body was raised with it. Right? Now, I realize there's a time side of that, and there's an eternity and spiritual side to that. Okay? In the mind of God, I didn't get saved till 1983. But was that in the plan of God? So everybody that's in the body got up with Him. 
in the plan and purposes of God, everybody that is in the body got up with Him. There was a resurrection of the whole body. The head didn't get up in the rest of the body there. You see, Paul is writing it where we can see it. If we see Jesus get up, we see the whole Christ get up. We don't just see the head of Christ get up, but we see Him and we see Him afterward. And He even says to Thomas, Behold my hands, look at my side. Thomas, cast your hand in my... Put your hand in there. Thrust your hand into my side. Did the whole body of Christ get up? Or was it just a spiritual resurrection and not a bodily resurrection? It was all, wasn't it? So let's take that picture and let's bring that to the church. The church is the body of Christ. So when Christ the head got up, the church got up with Him. You can ponder on that or think on that. I hope that you would really think on that. How that in the plan of God, the church got up with Him. There was a death, wasn't there? We died with Him, right? There was a resurrection. We arose with Him. Now, is there a time side of that in humanity? There absolutely is. And you hath He quickened who were dead. So what was our condition? What was the condition of mankind before the power of God in our lives? And you hath He quickened. You hath He made alive who were dead. So would you think on this with me? In the book of John chapter 3, Nicodemus comes to Jesus and he said, We know that you're a come from God, a teacher from God. No man could do these miracles unless God be with him. And Jesus said unto him, Verily, verily, I say, except a man be born again. Is that what Paul's talking about? And you have he quickened. Is regeneration being born again quickened by the Spirit and power of God? Is that the same thing? It's the same operation. Nicodemus, what's Nicodemus's condition spiritually? Though he's talking with the Lord Jesus, though he recognizes these great miracles, spiritually, Nicodemus is dead spiritually to God. He is. I was and you were. We were dead. I tell you what we were. We were dead men walking. We were dead women walking. We were people. Would you say the day that Adam took of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the Lord said, the day you eat, you shall surely die. Did he die that day? He did. He died, not fleshly. Yet that sentence came at a later date. But that day, did he not become ashamed? Did he not worry about his body? Did he not worry and run away and hide? Why did, why did, that, why did he do that? Because of sin. He transgressed. He missed the mark. He sinned against God. He went against the law. He partook of that that God forbid him. God said, The day that you eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall surely die. He died. Were we dead? We were dead. And you hath he quickened who were dead. 
Nicodemus, unless a man be born again, he cannot even see, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You're unable to see it. I can come to church and never see the kingdom of God. I can listen to preaching and never see the kingdom of God. God has to do a work in the man, in the woman's heart. And I'm not trying to make this hard. I'm not trying to make it complicated. But do you remember this? Do you remember that he says seven times to the churches in Asia, He that hath an ear, let him hear. And those churches are a church, a genuine church, inside a visible church. There is a real church, a born-again church. What does that word mean? That word means the called out. God called, if you're saved, God called you out. It wasn't the preacher. You know, Chris said a few minutes ago that he was thankful that God revealed unto him. Well, I know the man that was preaching the night that God brought Chris under conviction. And you know, I heard the message. And you heard the message. A lot of you was here that night. But somehow, God that night, through the preaching through the Word of God, by the working of the Holy Spirit, God Almighty did a work in Chris Sawyer that night that he not did not do in others that were sitting here. It was God that opened the ear for him to hear that night. It was God who opened the heart for us to see and to realize that we were in a condition of deadness. We were dead to God. I believe that's what his testimony was saying. I think this, folks, whether you would believe it or not, our brother said he had no desire to be saved. I'm going to agree with him. Neither did I. But when God showed me that I was in sin, I was lost and undone, I was going to hell, I wanted to be saved. But there was an enlightening, there was a revelation there was a spiritual revelation of my deadness that only God knew about and those people that are born again, the church, the called out knew I was dead. Those that were saved knew I was dead. Those that were a part of the family of God knew I was dead. But me, myself, I did not know that I was dead toward God. Adam, that day, that day that he partook of that tree... Of good and evil that day, the Lord said, You shall surely die. That day, Adam was a dead man. Though he lived 900 and something years, he was dead to God. We were dead to God. And you hath he quickened who were dead. What can a dead man do? Now remember. Remember, we're alive. Can we do good deeds? Why, sure we can do good deeds. Can you love your children? Can you love your wife? Can you love your husband? Can you be good to your neighbor? 
Can you work a job? Can you pay your bills? Can you not rob your neighbor? Would you? Can you uh, uh, do deeds that you would uh, not be a thief? That you wouldn't be a liar? Could you do that? You could do those things. But what can I do toward God? I'm dead toward God. I can't do anything toward God. I'm spiritually in need of regeneration and a new birth. I need a new birth. And you, hath He quickened. Now when did He do that? He did that when Christ got up. When did He do that for me in time? Well, I'll say this. Probably three or four weeks before I got saved, I got lost. Three or four weeks before I got saved, December the 18th in 1983, I got saved. Two or three weeks before that, I tell you, I come to the realization that I was dead to God. I realized that I was a sinner on the road to hell. I realized I had never been saved, that my destination, the way I was going, the way I was thinking, the way I was acting, there had never been any change in my life. I was dead and going to hell. That come two or three, four weeks before I ever got saved. But I know this, from that morning till the day I got saved, I wanted to be saved. God changed my desire. I wanted to be saved. But it was a work of God that brought me to that. So you have He quickened who were dead. So John chapter number 5. Familiar? You just, you just heard it taught on in the last two or three weeks, I'm sure. 524, the Bible says this. So Jesus. Here's Jesus talking to people. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth My word and believeth on Me, on him that sent me hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Verse 25, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. Proverbs chapter 20, or chapter number 20, verse 12 says, Who hath created? Who hath made? Let me get it right. The hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord hath made even both of them. Are there two? Is there a natural seeing eye? and a spiritual seeing eye? Is there a natural hearing ear and a spiritual hearing ear? So the Lord made that. It'll take God for my ear to be circumcised that I can hear spiritually. It'll take God to open my eyes for me to see spiritually. There's two of you folks. There's two of every one of us. There's a part, if time lasts, that it'll either be cremated 
or put in a casket and buried in the earth. There's one part of you. But there's another part of you that's going to live on. There's another part of you that's going to live forever. And those two have two different means of hearing and seeing and living. I had beans and I had a peanut butter sandwich for lunch. That was for the natural man. What am I going to have for the spiritual man? I've got to have something different for the spiritual man, don't I? See, if we're going to live forever, we're going to have to eat the body of the Son of God and drink His blood. Literally? No. No, not literally. Spiritually. Jesus died on the cross for my sins arose again for my justification. Through His body, He suffered for me. He became sin for me. I should have died. I should have went to hell. I should have been separated from God. But God turned His back on the Lord Jesus Christ and Jesus gave His body as a sacrifice for my sin, rose again for my justification. I'm going to eat His flesh and drink His blood. He shed His blood... That was the sacrifice that was put on the altar in heaven that was offered there as an offering for for me, for my sin, for your sin. Am I literally going to eat His flesh and drink His blood? No. No. When God opens my heart and opens my ear and opens my eyes, I'm going to see by faith Jesus Christ died in my place. I'm going to live for Him the rest of my days because He has done that great work for me. He made me alive when I was dead and on the road to hell. No, I'm not going to do that literally. But spiritually, just as I take into my body eggs and bacon and beans and corn, to fuel this natural body. We have to have the Word of God. Peter said, as newborn babes, desiring the sincere milk of the Word. How does a Christian live? We live on the Word of God. We live with the people of God. We're encouraged with the people of God. We're exhorted. We're strengthened. We're helped by the church, the called out people of God, and we were dead. Jesus said, He that heareth my word, though we were dead. He says that to, to uh, over in the 11th chapter of John to Martha and Mary. He says to us in John chapter 5 25, Verily I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is when the dead. How in the world can the dead hear the voice of the Son of God? How can they hear the voice of the Son of God and they that hear shall live? i tell you how that's going to happen. God's going to make it happen. You can't make it happen. I can't make it happen. The preacher can't make it happen. The church can't make it happen. It is a work of God. God is the one that gives a man an ear to hear spiritually. God is the one that gives a man an eye to see spiritually. It's a work of God. 
Can you see this, folks? Chapter 1 in Ephesians is all the work of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. You and I were dead. You know what I was? I was unresponsive to everything that had to do with God. I didn't want anything to do with anything that had anything to do with God. Not only was I unresponsive to it, I didn't want to be near it. What was wrong with you? Why, I was dead. That was what was wrong with me. I was dead spiritually. Listen to Colossians chapter number 2, verse 13. Colossians 2, 13. And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. How did that happen? Verse 12. Buried with Him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with Him through the faith. Now listen to this. How, how were we risen from the dead? Through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised Him from the dead. That's what we're reading in Ephesians chapter 1 and chapter 2. You have a quickened. How were we quickened? We were quickened according to the power that God raised Jesus from the dead through that same power. If it took the power of God to raise Jesus from the dead, why was He dead? Let's go a little farther. Because of our sin. Because of, David said, me and you, that's true. Because of our sin, Jesus Christ was dead. Right? Why was I dead? According to the Scripture. I was dead in trespasses and sin. Right? That's us. (laughs) I mean, that is us. David said in the 51st Psalm, he was born in sin and conceived in iniquity. You know, I didn't become, I didn't become a liar when I told a lie. I didn't become a sinner when I sinned. That was in me. Listen, listen to uh, Luke. I believe it's... No, let's look in Mark. In the book of Mark. The book of Mark, chapter number 7. This is also in Matthew, not quite as much covered. But in Mark, listen to what the Bible says. Mark, chapter 7. That which cometh out of the man defileth him. 7.20. Mark 7.20. And he said, That which cometh out of the man, that defileth the man. From within, comma, out of the heart of men, comma, where's the sin at? It's in us. Listen. Mark 7.21. For from within, comma, out of the heart of men, comma, proceedeth evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murder, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these things come from within and defile the man. What's Paul say? And you hath he quickened who were dead in. That was in us, folks. I didn't become that. 
I didn't become a liar. I knew what I was. I was a liar from the beginning. I was an adulterer from the beginning. I was a blasphemer from the beginning. I that was born. I, I inherited that from Adam. Adam sinned, and I knew what I inherited the corrupt nature of Adam, and so did you. You know the truth is you can't help yourself. I'm not giving us an excuse naturally to sin, but spiritually, you can't help yourself. You might have wanted to do better. You know, most of the time, every time that I wanted to do better, it was because I got caught up with somehow. Because it cost me something. Because it embarrassed me. Because it embarrassed somebody else, my actions. I wanted to do better. But the truth is, I couldn't do any better because my nature had not been changed. I still had my Adamic nature. I was still dead in trespasses and sin, and I had no means to do any different. The truth is, I was dead, and I could not respond to the things of God. I could respond to the things of man. I could treat my... You know what the Bible says about the sinner? The sinner does good to the sinner. The publican loves the publican. Isn't that right? But can I love God? No, not until He changes my nature. Not until God does a spiritual work. And you hath He quickened who were dead and trespasses and sin. So we had no ability... A preacher, I don't believe that. I believe everybody can respond. I believe people can respond. I believe people can make a decision and people can change and people can come. You can come to the preacher and you come by an emotional call and you can come because you feel guilty in your flesh, but you cannot come to God until God enables you and until God empowers you, until God enlightens you and until God quickens you. You cannot come to God. Yes, we were dead. And I tell you, in my thinking, what a spiritual, what a picture of a spiritual resurrection is Lazarus. A man dead and he stinketh. Why, you think I wasn't there? I was there. I stunk worse than he did. He stunk naturally. I stunk spiritually. I stunk and was dead. How long? How long had I been dead? How rotten was I? But I'll tell you what happened. The Lord come and spoke. And you say, well, it was the Word of God. Well, now let me ask you this. You've said unto the Word of God, many be the time. Right here's a young man that said under the Word of God till he was 17 or 18 years old, left the church and said he had never come back. He's back, isn't he? I wonder why he's back. Well, he should have made a decision a long time ago. That ain't worth a dime. Man's decision ain't worth a dime. God will have to do a work and God will have to bring a man. I tell you, Lazarus was dead and friend, there was absolutely no way that he could respond until he was made alive to be able to respond. 
That's the same picture of man in his spiritual lost condition. It'll take God to quicken him and make him alive spiritually. Now he's dead spiritually by the Word of God. He's dead spiritually. God will have to make him alive spiritually that he can respond to the call of God. That may be fought against, but there is no other way for that to happen. Listen to Romans chapter number 8. Romans chapter 8. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded. What does that mean? That means to be fleshly minded, to be natural. The natural man, the first man Adam, the Adamic man. The man, that that nature that you were born with, that spirit you were born with, that man, to be carnally minded is death. So there's no life in my carnality. There's no life in my natural thinking. I can't think. I can't do enough good. I can't good be good enough. I can't make enough moves that I can become alive. I'm dead. Carnal mind is at enmity. To be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Now, do do we have a spirit? We do have a spirit. But our spirit is dead toward God. Our nature is against God. Our carnal mind is at enmity with God. Verse number 7. Because the carnal mind... Is enmity. The carnal mind is hatred. The carnal mind is a deep seated hatred against God, and it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So now you reason with me. With a carnal mind, I cannot respond to God. With a carnal mind, I hate God. I've got to have a new mind, don't I? For me to respond to God, I'm going to have to have a new disposition. I'm going to have to have new thinking. I'm going to have to have new nature. I'm going to have to have a new spirit. I'm going to have to have a different thinking than I've got now. I'm going to read it again. To be after the flesh. What does that mean? (laughs) That means our natural Adamic nature. If I follow that, The they that are after the flesh do mind. You know what I did before I was saved? I did all those things in Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 2 and 3. You know what I did? I followed the world. I followed the lust of the flesh. I followed the pride of life. I followed the prince of the power of the air. I followed all of those other children of darkness and those children that were children of wrath, those children that were children of disobedience. I was right with them. I was one of them. So how can a man respond to God until God gives him that ability? Please reason with me. To be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Hatred toward God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So they that are in the flesh cannot please God. 
So we have to be born again before we can please God. Would you say this? It would please God if I believed in His Son, Jesus Christ. Would that please God? Would it please God for me to put my faith and trust in the Lord Savior, Jesus Christ, for my salvation? That would please God, wouldn't it? I can't do that. I cannot do that until God quickens me. I can't do that until God gives me, as our brother said earlier, a new desire. Here I am lost and undone, no desire for salvation. No desire for the things of God. I'm going after the world. I'm in disobedience. I'm following the prince and the power of the world. I am a dead man. People just seem to overlook the fact that God said we're spiritually dead. How in the world is salvation a spiritual work? (laughs) Salvation is a spiritual work of God. How can a natural man respond to a spiritual work of God? You can't do it. Quit trying to get people to respond naturally when it will take God to bring them. No man can come to me unless my Father which sent me draw him. It will take God to reach into you. If you can see this, I don't mean it literally, but God will have to reach into the heart of a man and into the heart of a woman and bring them unto Himself. Otherwise, they will not come. And there's been so much response to the emotions and to the shaming and the putting of guilt upon people and bring them to an altar and they've made a false profession and God has never done a work in the heart. I've seen it. I've seen it over and over and over again. I've seen men that were good at it. They set their eye on somebody in a revival. Set their eye on them. And I'll tell you what they did. They began to publish in front of the church. You know what you've done. You know where you were at. You know this and that and the other about yourself. And what it was, it was a building up and it was a drawing of the emotions and the guilt and the shame that the evangelist or the pastor was putting on somebody sitting in the congregation to get them to move to where it looks like we've had a real revival and what we've got is a twofold child of hell drawn by the works and the hands of man instead of the work of the Holy Ghost. And our churches are full of those people today. God help me to keep my hands off of God's work. So if you're in the flesh, you can't please God. You can't respond to God. Well, I believe all you have to do is when God preaches, when He preaches the preacher and the Word of God comes, you can come. You can make your decision. People have forgotten that they were dead. And people have forgotten that they're under the control of the devil too. You tell me I can come without the Lord? Now now remember, remember there's a strong man. Right? Isn't there a strong man? Isn't there one? Isn't there one that's stronger than I? I tell you in Luke chapter number 11, listen to these words. And you know, I know you know this. 
I know you know this. Most of you do anyway. But Luke chapter 11, verse number 21. When a strong man armed keepeth his palace, his goods are in peace. When a strong man armed keepeth his palace. So we've got a picture. Have you got a picture of a big castle and a king that's sitting on the throne and he's got an armed guard and he is keeping everything that is around him and everything under his control? Well, there's the natural picture of it. Now let's apply that spiritually. Who is the strong man that keepeth his palace? When I was lost and undone, that was the devil. That was the devil that sat on the throne of my heart. I'm not talking about the blood pumper. I'm talking about the seed of my emotions, my thinking, my mind, my affection, everything that drove me and directed me. Uh, The devil was right there and he was directing my life. He was the one that was armed. He was armed with a lie. He was armed with tr- uh, a lack of the truth. He was armed with partial truths. He was there and He was keeping me. And I was there until God, until God moved Him out. I could not come to God. You can't come to God. You get that out of your mind. It'll take God moving the devil out before you can come. Why, you can come anytime you want to. You can come when the preacher's preaching. Not if the Lord don't move the strong man out, you can't. This is the picture, folks. He gives us something natural that we can see. He said, when it's stronger than he shall come upon him and overtake him, overcome him, he taketh from him all his armor, wherein he trusted and divideth his spoils. I tell you what happened to me. The Lord Jesus came by, by the work of the Holy Spirit of God, He moved the strong man out. You know what He did? I tell you what He did. He turned the light on. And the devil had to leave. Isn't that right? You go home tonight. 7.30 it'll be dark. You go into the back closet in the back bedroom. If you don't turn the light on, the darkness will overcome that. But you turn the light on and the darkness will flee. The Lord Jesus come by and the devil that was on the throne of my heart, the devil that had controlled me for 23 years of my life, uh, the devil had to flee. God come by with His Word and by the Holy Spirit and He moved the devil out. And you know what I saw? I saw myself lost and undone. I saw myself as a dead man uh, for the first time in my whole life. So you can't just do anytime you want to. You got a natural man to deal with who hates God. You got a devil that's in control and is armed. And until the Lord disarms him, what's the Lord going to disarm the devil with? The light and the truth. The truth. The truth about my condition. The truth about my destination. The truth about the justice of God. You know something, folks? We might be able to do a lot of good. But you know what God's looking for? God's not looking that I just don't commit adultery with the flesh. 
God is looking that I don't commit adultery in the heart. God is not looking that I just don't commit murder with my hands. God is looking that I don't hate my brother or my sister without a cause. God's looking down into the heart of man. And I tell you what we're going to have to be. We're going to have to be perfect. Preacher, there's nobody can be perfect. My Savior is. And nobody else. There's nobody else. But for me to be accepted with God, what's He going to do? He's going to put His righteousness on my account. He's going to put His perfection on my account. I have no other hope, folks. So we were dead. We've got a carnal mind and carnal thinking which is at enmity, hatred toward God. The devil sits on the throne of men and women's hearts and we can't escape the devil anytime we want to. The devil, Peter said, is, is as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Now, I don't know what you think, but I believe that you could check out nature and I don't believe you're going to find anything else or anybody else that can whip a line but another line. And that other line is the line of the tribe of Judah, the Lord Jesus Christ. So He's going to come and He's going to dispel the lies. It's going to be a work of God spiritually inside you. He's going to draw you 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. All I'm trying to do is get you to see this, that we're dead and we cannot respond until God does a work in us first. You know, I, I failed to get the CD. I, I, I put it in my truck this morning of last Sunday, Anthony teaching, and I believe the key verse was, He loves us, or we love Him because He loved us first. I believe that was probably the key verse. But I ask you this, if God had not loved us first, would we have ever loved Him? If God had not come to me when I was lost and undone, changed my mind. If God had not turned on my enlightening, if God had not turned the light on, if God had not dispelled the devil, if God had not removed him, would I have been able to come? I could not come. God has to make the first move. Well, preacher, preaching and the Holy Spirit in the preaching is the first move. No. That's not the first move in your personal salvation. Your personal salvation, I tell you this, that many, many be the day that you sit under preaching. Spiritual preaching. God sent Holy Ghost preaching. But there was a day that God come to you personally. If you're saved tonight, God come to you, brought conviction upon you, drew you, enlightened you. You were lost and undone, headed down the road to hell in 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. Paul said that he didn't want to speak with enticing words of men's wisdom, but he wanted man Man's faith to be not in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit we speak wisdom, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6. 
among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of the world, nor the princes of this world that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would have not have crucified the Lord of glory. So you know, wisdom, worldly wisdom will never bring us to God. It'll take a call of God. You know, people might, uh, he says in chapter 1, verse 21, 1 Corinthians 1, 21, For after that in the wisdom of God, so here's God's wisdom, the world by wisdom knew not God. God said they're never going to know me by worldly wisdom. I'm going to fix it that they will never ever know me by worldly wisdom. You see many what our world would call wise men, philosophers, rich men, noble men. You see many of those people in the Christian church. Don't see many of them, do you? But listen to what the Bible says. For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Well, there it is. All you've got to do is believe. Well, let's just walk right on down through here and see if that's all that it'll take. So by the Word of God. So God's wisdom and God's foolishness is wiser than men. And God's weakness is stronger than men, verse 25. For you see, now listen, verse 26, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26 and following. For you see your calling, brethren. So now there's a general call that goes out to the whole world. And that week of revival that Chris got saved, there was a call went out that night. And maybe the next night and the night that Brad uh, Phillips got saved, you know, there was a call went out to a whole congregation. But there was a response from this man. There was a response from this man. Was there more than a general call of the preacher and the gospel? Was there a call from God? But God, but you, for you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh... Not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world. So is the call and chosen. Do those two go together? But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world... Things which are despised have God chosen, yea, and things are not to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in His presence. You know, if it's just everybody come and respond, why wouldn't the noble and the wise come? I mean, they ought to come, shouldn't they? If it's just up to you to make a decision, you ought to come. But you know, it's a call of God. 
It's a quickening. And you have he quickened who were dead. Now people don't like this. People don't like to hear this. Verse 29, that no flesh should glory in His presence. But of Him, who is Him? Who is Him in this verse? God. But of Him are you in Christ Jesus. Let me read this verse to you again, please. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. According as He has chosen us, that's God, According as God has chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be. Chosen us that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. You know what we hear today? You get right with God, God will choose you. No, I tell you, if it wasn't for God choosing us, we'd never get right with God. If it wasn't for God, but of Him, back to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 30. But of Him are ye in Christ. You know why I'm in Christ Jesus? You know why I'm saved today? Because of the work of God. You know, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead quickened me and quickened you. The same power according to that great power that raised Jesus Christ who was dead because of sin. That same power of God raised me who was dead because of sin and brought me into the family of God. He quickened me and I was dead in trespasses and sin. But praise God, I've been made alive by God. But of Him are ye in Christ, who of God. So God made, God made unto us Him, unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. He's my righteousness. He's my sanctification. He's my redemption. He's my wisdom. Only in Christ am I wise. Only in Christ am I sanctified. Only in Christ am I born again. Only in Christ am I accepted with God the Father. Only in Him. Who put me in Him? God did. And you hath He quickened. The same one that raised Jesus from the dead is the same Spirit and power of God that raised me from the dead and brought me into the family of God. I was dead in trespasses and sin. I had nothing and wanted nothing to do with God. I was already condemned. I was on my way to hell. Nicodemus, you'll have to be born again to see the kingdom of God. So did I. I was under the power of Satan. I was unable to get free from him. I did not want to get free from him. Here I am. Here I am in the wisdom of the world. I would not choose God. In the wisdom of the world, you know what they did? They crucified the Son of God. The princes of this world with all of their wisdom, with all of their learning, with all that they had, they crucified the Lamb of God. That's what man will do. I'm going to hush in just a second. And you hath He quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin who in time past you walked. Wherein the time... How did I walk? I walked according to the course of this world. I walked exactly like the rest that what you and I see today. You know, we see a lot more today 
maybe than they saw a hundred years ago. We see a lot more of what's going on worldwide, nationwide, statewide, countywide. We're living in a wicked world, aren't we? Let me tell you that I was immersed in the middle of that. I was in the midst of that. I walked there until God quickened me and brought me out.